This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. We are continuing what is now becoming a monthly relationships masterclass here with Dr. She Talkini from Lighthouse Arabia. And today we're starting from the beginning. And asking, is there a secret to finding the one or is the concept of a soulmate just a fairy tale? You'll want to hear the answer to this and so much more from her next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, you are the one that I want. Love at first sight, finding your soulmate. Is it the real deal or is it just a fairy tale? Do people really meet and in moments just simply know that they are meant to be? Um, Some evidence, there are some experts who say that yes, they do. Um, It sounds really romantic. Two strangers who see each other and suddenly they lock eyes across a crowded room (laughs) and there's this instant attraction electric sparks fly everywhere Um, and then suddenly they found the match that they've been looking for and they're thinking I have found my wife or my husband and they never look back and uh, it sounds great in a world where courtship and finding that one is really difficult Mm -hmm. Uh, but is it real so to take us through this process Dr. Sheetal Kini of Lighthouse Arabia welcome back Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) Oh, this is a topic that really just kind of uh, gets people talking, doesn't it? Um, For sure. You know, the last time uh, you were on, we talked about the key ingredient within a relationship, um, Mm -hmm. which if you didn't listen to that, you have to listen back to the podcast. It was amazing. It was fantastic. But today we're going to start from the beginning. Sure. Finding your life partner. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of people, if you speak to those who are, you know, still looking for that partner in life, they will have a list. It usually starts with a list. Sometimes it's a big, long list. And sometimes it's just a, you know, I'm open to possibilities kind of list. So where do we start in this whole process? So when you think about your partner, absolutely, it is important to visualize what you're looking for. And, um... While that is important that you have an idea of, you know, what kind of values are important to you. So um, you value family, you value um, kindness, you value generosity. So really, it's important to be connected to your own values in a relationship so you can um, look for that in a partner as opposed to um, she must be this height or he must be in this um, particular field of work or, um, you know, she must play a musical instrument or, you know, I don't know how picky people can get, but I think if your choices or your list is based in the values, um, that's a really great place to start. However... Um, because value systems can be pretty big, there are many ways in which those values are realized. So if you have a value for kindness or generosity, there's not just one particular kind of person that would fit that criteria. So if you really think about it, your soulmate or your partner of preference, there could be many different um, lists and many different criteria that could all make you very happy with this person. 
However, for each of those permutations and combinations of um, the perfect choices, there's going to be a common denominator, which is your non-negotiables. So as much as it's important to think about what you are looking for, it's also important to be very clear about what you are not willing to negotiate in a relationship. It's interesting that you um, talk about that because uh, usually a list starts off with tall, dark and handsome. Right. <laughs> rich. Right. Uh, you know, uh, intelligent, intelligent, funny. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the kind of things that we hear on a list. Right. If you ask somebody, um, it's interesting that you're talking about values here, and yes. uh, which obviously then would cast the net much bigger. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. So uh, you know, th- this is the the whole idea of you know how should we be writing that list. So let's kind of go through the whole idea of values mm-hmm. uh, versus you know the things that are, are superficial that look really great that are part of the attraction exactly process and differentiate between those. Sure. So usually the initial attraction can be quite superficial, but there's a feel good factor. This person is, you know, uh, making you feel good about yourself because they are flattering you. They're giving you attention. They're meeting on a very basic level the need to be seen. So you see and you are seen and that kind of creates chemistry. You will never hear someone say, um, oh, I was looking at this person and sparks flew, but that person never saw me, <laughs> you know? Um, you might start to have a huge crush on someone, yeah. but the sparks flying and the instant connection, it's, an, it's a two-way street. You need to feel that scene. But after the fact, um, what really helps you carry yourself through the relationship and grow in the relationship is the value set. Mm-hmm. So... When you're thinking about your values, um, I think it can be quite overwhelming to think, what are my values? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Nobody's actually, I don't know, not many people may have sat down and just gone, oh, so what are my values and, and kind of made a list of them. You just kind of do them every day or hope that you do them every day. Yeah. So whenever your actions are congruent or consistent with your values, mm. you're going to feel happy. Mm. Whenever your actions are not you're going to feel that that pinch. You're going to feel that upset. And whenever actually you find yourself getting upset about something, if you flip it over, there's a value attached to it. So give us an example of these kind of values that are going to shape who we are every day and what we should be looking for in a life partner. So for instance, um, something as basic as you go to a restaurant and someone is not very kind to the server and that suddenly infuriates you. Why does it matter to you so much? It wasn't you that did it. But even when you you go on a date and that person is doing that, that's going to strike a chord with you because you value kindness. Exactly. Yeah. And this person may be doing everything to woo you and, you know, to do right by you, but when you see the way they interact with the other person, you're like, this is not what I'm this right. is not what I'm looking for. It's interesting cuz um uh, you know, Meghan Markle Yes. Uh, when, uh, you know, they're, they're just kind of the couple of the moment, aren't they? Right. Prince Harry and <laughs> Meghan Markle. And, you know, in that infamous interview where they talk about how they fell in love yes. to begin with. And it was very quick. It happened for them very quickly. It was almost love at first sight. Right. right. Uh, and so it was on a blind date uh, mm-hmm. that she agreed to go meet him. She didn't know who he was or whatever. Yeah. And she just had one question. She was like, well, is he kind? 
That was her only thing. That was her biggest criteria, her non-negotiable, if you like. And um, she said, well, because if he's not kind, then it doesn't, the rest doesn't really matter. You know, there's no point. Exactly. Exactly. So for people who um, actually find uh, that right person for them pretty quickly and those relationships that last, those are the people who are very clear in their values, Mm -hmm. who know what they want and what they don't want. So when you think about a superficial list of, you know, this, 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 but you haven't really met your value system, um, I find that in, in my therapy as well, I'm like, okay, so you're upset about this partner, Look at it. Let's look at your non-negotiable. And usually that person has all the non-negotiables that were not supposed to be there. Right. Exactly. So why did you choose them then? Yeah. 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 So we're going to come back to that point. Mm -hmm. And we are also going to be asking the question, is the idea of a soulmate real or is it a fairy tale? Uh, this is one you don't want to miss. Uh, I, I really love your definition, uh, Dr. <laughs> Sheetal. That's coming up next on Life Beats here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We are back with Dr. Sheetal Keeney talking. Uh, all things relationships, love, and uh, falling in love. Okay, so, I mean, we all know this very infamous scene, don't we? We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You And I just had... Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. (laughs) And that's it. They embrace and off they go into the sunset, the proverbial sunset, right? (laughs) You know, it, it it's the, the classic scene from the movies, right? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of makes you think, you know, is there that one soulmate, that person that completes you? Right. Well, so soulmate, as we must remember, is spelled S-O-U-L-M-A-T-E. Not to be confused with S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E, which is basically to say that it doesn't mean that you will only have one soulmate a soulmate is someone that grows your soul that come you know sort of um, not completes you so to speak in the jerry Maguire kind of way but um really makes you um happy on multiple levels um someone that you um want to be a better person for someone that you care for someone that in a way teaches you something someone that nourishes you someone that nourishes you and nourishes your soul yeah Um, That's a soulmate. That's a soulmate. That's a soulmate. Um, But again, you know, I think I am not too hung up on that terminology, to be very honest, Mm. because um, Dr. John Gottman talks about when you when you pick your person, you pick your problems. So I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, Whoever you meet, you're choosing them for what you love about them. So the values, right? The ones that you are really resonating with. But then there's going to be some things you don't like about them. 
there's no one that's going to be perfect so here i have you know um a to e of what i like and f to i of what i don't like the next person on you know in another part of my life or maybe in my life in someone else's life um has something else going on that's really wonderful about them but they have another set of issues exactly associated with everybody it. comes with their baggage exactly so so dr gottman says you are picking which baggage you'd rather be with and that's when i say you pick your non-negotiables because even I'm married, would I say my husband is perfect? No. I love him, right? But I'm the happiest with his set of issues <laughs> than anyone else's. It's really true. Yes. You have to flip it. Yes. But this is like, you know, this is an amazing thing because exactly, you have to realize that every single person that you meet mm-hmm. is going to have some kind of set of issues, but you've got to decide which issues you're happiest with. Exactly. Just like I said, I hope my husband's happy with me. My set of issues. <laughs> it's true. My gosh. This yeah. is, this is well, you know, one of those. Ways. So, uh, I mean, you know, obviously, and that's where values are vital, where yes. they come in. Because uh, the values are going to really dictate how they deal with their issues. Yes. And how you deal with their issues as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, if you think about the variables that we normally hear. Mm-hmm. on a soulmate list mm-hmm. um, how often do you hear values of I guess acceptance um, values of for me a big one is um, being non-judgmental so I was very clear about that you know and I, I kind of then when I, I give examples to people as well because I think those are really important yeah. so values of self-acceptance mm-hmm. or acceptance of others um, values around um, judgment um, authenticity. So support, um, just being su- there supportiveness for for each other, no matter what. Exactly. Um, some people value friendliness a lot. Some people value um, affection mm-hmm. and being an affection affectionate person. Um, we, if we think about it, what what usually tends to make us happy in our relationships with friends, with family with our parents what really makes us feel whole those are the value systems to look out for because that is what you will need in your relationship with your so to speak soulmate as well exactly exactly and uh, i just love the first point that you made as well to come back to it and emphasize it's not just one person that can fit that criteria it's not a single soulmate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's whoever kind of uh you know comes to you and and you know there could be a whole variety of people that nourish your soul and that you could be with and you know you often hear that that uh somebody who's um been widowed or Mm -hmm. whatever it is they still find somebody else later on because they have those values clear and they're not thinking that there was one person exactly as opposed to those who maybe don't move on at all and just think oh i you know this i've lost the one yeah. I've lost the one. It's either I've lost the one or I thought you were the one. Never mind. Next. Okay. Now you're the no- you're the one. Never mind. Next. So I think giving up on someone as well when you think if you were the one, I wouldn't be having all these issues with you. So clearly you're not the one. This is where I want to go to next because we think mm-hmm. that having a soulmate or being the one means it's going to be effortless. Exactly. And it's not. <laughs> Never. That's very important. We're going to talk about that next on Life Beats with Dr. Sheetal Keeney.
This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yep, love so soft. We are talking love today. We're talking about um, the difference between falling in love, that initial attraction, the love at first sight. Is love at first sight real? I don't think so. <laughs> It's like, no. no. I, I mean, sorry to disappoint everybody. Yeah. Sorry, but I mean, obviously, there can be a chemistry. There can be a lot of attraction. But if you haven't spoken to this person and you don't know whether or not they embody the values that are important to you. I is it really? So. Yeah. Is it really love at first sight? It's mm-hmm. interesting because, um, uh, you know, we, we're talking about the whole idea of soulmates finding the one what does that actually mean um and uh, you know we left off by kind of redefining what a soulmate should be mm-hmm. that you should be looking for but also the whole idea that um just because you found your quote-unquote soulmate mm-hmm. um it doesn't mean it's going to be a smooth easy ride all the way because that's what we expect it's going to be right Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's true that if you've had an unpleasant relationship before, someone who did not embody your values, when you meet your soulmate, so to speak, you will find it a lot better. And you might think to yourself, wow, this is what it really feels like to have the one. Because it's all relative. Yeah, it is relative and it will feel better. However, that's where the comparison stops. It's not an absolute. It doesn't mean that it's better and it always um, there will only be good parts to this. Yeah, because if you think about it, um, each of us, we have something wonderful about us that we have to offer to anyone in our life. And then we also have certain things that make us vulnerable, um, things that trigger us, our sensitivities, which may not make sense to anyone else around us, but it will make sense to us because of our own life experiences. So in the beginning, we may share the wonderful things, but we may not share um, some of our shadows, some of our, our dark side. And that's the thing. You have to remember that that first initial stage or the honeymoon phase of it they're only seeing your good side and you're not prepared to share anything just yet. Yeah, you're afraid of being judged. You're afraid of getting hurt. Um, but with the right you know, pace of the relationship, slowly you start to reveal those sides of you. And when you know that this is something that I can take on, these are the problems that I can deal with and it's not a non-negotiable for me. Um, well, then that's when you start to do the work in the relationship. Because that's a, the whole idea. A relationship isn't just going to be, you know, happy-go-lucky, rosy, posy, whatever. Um, you do mature. There's, there's, you mature through this relationship because you're learning about this other person, their shortcomings, and your own shortcomings as well. Absolutely. And that that's actually one of the goals of a relationship, shouldn't it be? It is because, funnily enough, we tend to pick people that trigger us exactly where we don't want to be triggered so they bring out those vulnerabilities even more for us because those vulnerabilities have come out of needs that have been unmet and so when we pick this person we want them to meet those needs but when they don't or they they do something to um, upset us or or um, you know bring that fear about that we won't have that need met that is our biggest challenge and, and that, overcoming that fear. Yeah. And that is why you see people who have those patterns 
exactly of picking kind of the same the same people, people. Mm-hmm. over and over again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly well there sometimes you may do that because you know what's familiar is not right for you and you just pick something that is familiar um, but a lot of times it can also be that your partner is your biggest teacher you know you learn about your own sensitivities through your partner and if your partner can kind of parent you or kind of provide that attachment to you in a healing sort of way then that's that's the best final outcome that you're looking for in a relationship that is so powerful that that right there is just incredibly powerful that actually um the difficulties that you might see within the relationship is exactly what you need yes in that moment but you need those healed and held and contained and someone doesn't run away from you because you have these insecurities or sensitivities but they they nurture those and they're there for you so is that how you know that the, you know because you will be triggered by different people in different ways but you'll know uh, that it is the right person because they're triggering the things that we need healed is that how we'll know yeah so they're triggering it but then they're also making the effort to heal because they trust that we will do the same for them wow this is just yeah incredibly powerful amazing um talking about soulmates with dr she talkini is there such a thing apparently there is but the definition might not be what you think it is uh we're talking about the growth that we need uh in this coming up uh, dr she i want to talk about uh, mm. with you the kind of mistakes that people make when they're trying to pick a life partner mm. how to avoid those and uh, more coming up on life beats on pulse 95 this is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Before you get married, before before you enter into a relationship, have you ever thought about what the questions that you should be asking are Dr. Sheetal Kini of Lighthouse Arabia is here with us. Um, Dr. Sheetal, it's <laughs> it's so funny to to um, we were talking a little bit off air about the number of questions mm-hmm. that really should be asked that don't get asked of our life partner and why why we don't ask those questions of the person that we think we're going to spend the rest of our lives with. Exactly. So I think you said also that what are the mistakes we make? Um, and I think these are the biggest mistakes, which is when you do feel like you've met the one, the, the person who is going to complete you, so to speak. Um, we kind of assume that everything else that falls into place, you know, because you, you, you give me this feeling of connection. We vibe on every level necessary. You know, we and actually this idea of being a soulmate because you have a lot of things in common. Yeah. Um, common interests are not as important as common values. And I think that, that I need to reiterate that or reemphasize that because people use that common interest thing as a very big indicator of, you know, whether or not I want to be with this person. So to think about values and the questions we need to ask, even if you are convinced this is a person you want to be with, um, asking questions like, what does marriage even mean to you? You know, does marriage mean to you that we're going to be attached to the hip or does it mean that we're going to have our own lives? Mm-hmm. Um, does marriage mean a marriage of two families or two individuals? Um, sometimes. How much, yeah. How much does culture play into it as well? Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, sometimes people from the same culture may assume 
you know of course you know in our culture like you will have to call my mother every day um and the other person's going well i did not that's not how i do things and i did not sign up for that um so how much involvement will each other's family play in your life or how much do you expect your spouse to be involved in your family's life um thinking about money you know because we're married does it mean that we're going to be responsible for each other's financial security are you going to have one bank account or separate bank accounts or both or both exactly. i i like the idea of both i always recommend for people who are you know a spender marries a saver i say have a joint account but also have individual accounts for you know your own maybe spending habits um but but these kind of questions um even about parenting religiosity how many kids do you want to have maybe they don't want kids at all and maybe you want 10 yeah and and what is going to be your parenting style are you going to be uh, a a parent who's going to you know use fear as a motivator and going to scare your children into doing the right thing or are you going to use positive reinforcement i mean i know it's a little excessive if you think about the kind of things you can think about but why it's not it's really true though because you kind of um you 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 have to have those conversations because at least it gets you started in thinking about what is this life ahead beyond our wedding exactly. going to look like absolutely because the wedding is actually a lot of the the, the focus that's what we think about we think about the everything planning. up until the wedding mm-hmm. and then w- w- there is no conversation about what happens after where are we going to live how we're going to live and how much money we're going to spend and and yeah i mean yes obviously all of these questions all at once kind of Yes. might seem daunting however they do need to be asked over a period of time as you get comfortable with each other right absolutely and maybe not all of these questions but i'm giving examples because for some people the money thing might be huge for some people not so much maybe the parenting angle is huge for some people the family angle is bigger so at least if you start thinking broadly what is really going to matter to me And as I said, whenever something bothers you a lot, you flip it. There's a value associated with it. So if you're afraid of something bothering you, there is a value. And that's where, if you if you kind of sit together and ask those questions, then you work out what your non-negotiables are going to be that you've been talking about as well, which is crucial. Yes, be- because as, as you you were saying as well, Dr. Sheetal, then there's a really fine line between being generous and giving, and then kind of losing yourself in that. Exactly. So just explain what what that means. Sure. So why it is very important to establish a non-negotiable is so that when you are having these discussions with your partner and you're thinking I want A and they want B, if I'm not even aware that A is a non-negotiable for me and I'm in you know I think to myself I should just be generous, you know, I should just compromise, I'll give this thing up. If it is a non-negotiable, I will be resentful for the rest of the marriage. And so, you know, really thinking about I'm not a bad person for having a non-negotiable. You know, it's it's not a bad thing to feel strongly about something. You know, it's it's okay if you can explain it to your partner and you can actually share with them why as opposed to digging your heels in and going, "Nope, that's it. It's a non-negotiable. I'm not going to talk to your parents after we get married." Yeah. Um instead if I can tell you a story about why I feel so strongly about it. then it'll it'll help our communication and our understanding and i won't feel resentful towards you exactly and uh, it establishes that empathy which is so important i yes. guess uh, you know in this whole conversation uh the biggest thing is when somebody goes into a marriage thinking i can change that person uh, oh, after boy. we get married you know because if they love me they'll change for me 
Exactly. And this is it. You know, you're not marrying someone to just meet your needs. Yes, that will be there. Right. They will meet your needs, but they are a fully functional, living, breathing individual with their own mind, their own values, their own life experiences that have shaped them in a certain way. And so when this other person is saying certain things, it's not personal. It's not to attack you. It's not to make you feel less than. It's the fact that they're also coming in with certain expectations and needs of their own. So if you find that, you know, you you feel like 95% of the soulmate that you have, you're like, I love this part. The 5% is a big non-negotiable. However, I know I can change it. You know, over time, they'll they'll come around. Please do not do that. That that is not going to help the situation at all. It's not going to happen, and don't start it that way. You, it, because we always think, okay, what am I going to get out of this relationship? Yes. When we should be thinking, what can I give this person? Yes, and and how can I communicate my needs effectively? Mm-hmm. Because they cannot guess, and neither can I. So ask. It's vital. And give. Yeah. It's vital. Yeah, it's it's a give and take, isn't it? It is. Uh, we've almost run out of time, but I think it's important to say <laughs> that next time when you're back, yes. uh, it is the, the last Thursday of every month that you're with us here on Life Beats on Pulse ninety five. Uh, we're going to be talking about the next stage after after you find the one, and the, it's interesting because we're going to be talking about premarital mm-hmm. counseling. Yes. We always think about, okay, marriage counseling when there is a problem. Mm-hmm. But actually, this is a thing. It's becoming more and more popular now. It's the best way to do it, to be honest. You, if you, if you do premarital counseling in the right way, then you have a much greater chance of marital success and maybe never needing marital counseling later. This is going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait <laughs> for the next for the next episode of the Relationships Masterclass <laughs> with Dr. Sheetal Keeney. What an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much for having Amazing. me. Amazing. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.